0: Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Apollo 13 Minute, where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we go over one episode of probably, uh, I think, the uh, the best space history movie ever made, the 1995 Ron Howard-directed feature Apollo 13. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of tvdads.com.
1: And I'm Chris Henry of the EAA Aviation Museum. Um... It's been a while since we've gotten to say that.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Sorry about all that. a lot of you know many life interventions going on, but we're back and yeah. hopefully hopefully for a straight run now. Um, but we're back and uh, and gosh, everything's going to hell on uh, on Apollo 13 at the moment while we're while we're watching all this. Uh, we we come back to a uh, uh, Clint Howard uh, disbelieving that you could have a, a quadruple failure, and uh, really, that's uh, yeah, that is a uh, something that. I mean, every every time you get a a bunch of red lights anywhere, the first thing you do is—is that me, or is it really an actual event?
1: Well, yeah, I think even in your car, if you get a check engine light, the first thing you think of is, you know, is it really that, or is it just a faulty light? You know. Yeah, yeah.
0: Is it something? If you tap on it, it'll go away. (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Can they can they turn it off or turn it back on again? That's always (laughs) the the feature. Um, So, what's
1: interesting was I hosted. I've hosted some of the astronauts and the um, for different various things. We had an Apollo reunion, uh, as I've talked about. But uh, a couple of years ago, we actually had uh, Fred Hayes, Jim Lovell, Gene uh, Kranz uh, in a room together, and I got to interview them. And uh, we I, I hosted them at a at a reunion here for the 45th anniversary of their uh, of the mission. Um, and I all, I asked each one separately about that moment the the holy cow something has gone wrong moment and uh, it was really interesting the reactions I got Uh, uh, Jim Lovell said he didn't really think anything was too bad until he saw uh, which you'll see here in a little bit uh, uh, oxygen being vented Um, he said at first he thought it was Fred Hayes messing around with that that cabin repress valve Um, and Gene Kranz back in Mission Control said that we really weren't worried. He said uh, the computers that they had at the time would always make them chase these wild hair non-issues. They, they would they would have a failure and they would chase the failure only to find out it was just instrumentation. It was, there was nothing there. It was just a computer glitching. So you would chase these like fake failures. And he says we were pretty sure that's what we were looking at. So nobody really got excited right away. Um, but obviously that soon changed.
0: Uh, yeah, for sure. for sure, But yeah, it must, I mean, y- you know, think about looking out the window. Well, let, we're getting ahead of ourselves about talking talk about looking out the window. But <laughs> I mean, everybody on the ground is saying the same thing. It's like, this doesn't make any sense at all. Like, they never, they, they never um, simulated it. They never said, well, what happened if we lost all the oxygen? It's like, well, they'd be dead. So you wouldn't really have to worry about something <laughs> like that. But this is... You know, the unexpected thing. I mean, uh, from what I've understood in talking with uh, some some people that did uh, uh, LEM, they, they they worked on the sim side of the LEM. They had simulated lifeboats, uh, lifeboat situations before. So this was not, you know, but that was more like a what if, not as a we have to plan for this. It's more like, well, what you know, let's just go through the math and think what you could do with it. Um, and they, they did believe that you could, you know, limp home, but it just depended on where it was in the mission. Um, but you know, I don't, I, I think they just thought, you know, what would happen if, uh, the, you know, like the plumbing messed up, not that there would actually be just some kind of a devastating, uh, explosion, even though, you know, I mean, you think about that, this is only, gosh, it's, it's, um, let's see 67. So it's only four years since the Apollo one disaster. And, you know, the idea of, of explosions should be on their minds about, you know, hopefully we've, we've. You know fixed everything up and made it safer but it hasn't you know in in just four years they have another uh, disaster concerning a rapid uh, you know an, ox- an oxidized environment and things like that so um we haven't really talked about the service module and it's it is one of my f- favorite parts of the apollo systems i, I really enjoy the idea of uh, that that they they just took a great big tube and thought well here's here's some room what do we need to put in it to go to the moon and back then they just built in what they needed and at the time you know i mean the early apollo missions there was so much room in that service module that you could go you know like you had room for an in a later mission putting in an entire satellite on the other side of it so uh, i mean that's that's where the you know in, in the later missions where we'd see an apollo 15 and, and hopefully we'll have al warden on to talk about this a little more but there was an entire segment of the service module that just wasn't even used. It just was there, just, you know, room for expansion. So it's uh, I mean it's the the beauty the over design of, of the Ron Brown team to uh <laughs> to make something that big and uh I know chris you haven't you haven't seen a, a, a you have seen the service module right? you've seen at least one I, I
1: saw one once and I was amazed at just how big the thing is. I think it was the one in the air and Space Museum on the mall, yeah uh, yeah the was, uh, the, was the, the real one that I saw. yeah I mean, I've seen mock ups at like Kennedy Space Center and stuff with their Saturn v but you know to actually see a real one sort of out there it's like holy cow, that thing is big,
0: yeah, yeah, and that engine the engine is enormous yeah. i mean it's it's bigger than a j two and uh, there's one I know at the uh, 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 the Flight Heritage Museum in uh, Dallas has where they have Apollo Seven hanging over the Apollo Seven is a, a, a just the Service Module engine and you see it and it's gosh it's pretty much the same size as the wow. Apollo Command Module so I mean it's just it's tremendous uh, and uh, you know the job that it had to do I mean it had to uh, slow them down to get into lunar orbit and then the still have enough power to get them out of lunar orbit on a, on a typical mission so it was a it's quite a beast i was <laughs> impressed by seeing it. and it was restartable too like the uh you know like the s4b so it was quite a uh an advanced technology but yeah it's a, it's a beautiful thing i mean there's there's a bunch of them around the country i mean there's of course the three on the uh on the uh, apollo saturn fives that are available in uh, kennedy space center and also in huntsville and in houston and then the one like you were saying on the mall at the uh, at the Apollo Soyuz um, uh, mock-ups that are there I'm trying to think and there's one in the uh, Kansas Cosmosphere in um, uh, Hutchison Kansas that you can see uh, that it's a, it's a great looking mock-up um, but yeah definitely if you run if you want to impress yourself go go see these because I mean it the command modules are big things but when you see them with a service module it's just that's uh, impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Most of them, they all worked. I mean, it was a great job. This was kind of a rarity. And it's, it's interesting when you think about all the data that went through there, there's a, uh, if you get a chance to, you know, if, if you happen to do visit the, uh, the National Air and Space Museum, uh, for one thing, go say hi to our friend Jennifer lavazar but, uh, but go, uh, and look at, uh, there's a hook that, that connects just a uh to the side of i'm trying to remember i think it's the y-axis it's the, the right side on the y-axis uh there is uh, the data connection that goes from the command module to the service module so while we're watching this minute we're seeing uh, you know everything going to hell and all the the uh, status lights are lighting up and stuff some of that is is a computer is is from the computer that's inside the uh, the giant dashboard of the command module but all that data is coming through uh, not from Earth, but from the the service module, and this massive data cable that's connected between the command module and the service module, which has to get chopped apart for uh, you know just before reentry. If you see, uh, if you go to the the National Mall and see the National Air and Space Museum, look at the size of that cable because it's, I mean it's it's bigger it's bigger than I am wide, and I'm pretty wide, <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> It's it's an amazing amazing bit of data cable, and uh, you know, and it also has the pyrotechnics in it to to launch uh, basically a large guillotine that chops all those cables at the same time as they're uh, as they're jettisoning the service module. So that's one of its last acts. But uh, fascinating bit of data because you can't really you can't run it through the bottom of the command module because that's busy with the heat shield, and uh, you know the data has to get somehow. So it just kind of makes this this little bridge jump out of the service module and then into the command module um i've are, always wondered what that was yeah it's it's uh they got to get the data there somewhere and unless you wanted to rely on uh, radio frequencies which is probably not a good idea especially in uh, <laughs> such a, a radiation heavy environment one thing i did not know and i i really want to l- look at i uh, i don't know if the the hatch that uh, we're watching kevin bacon struggling with in this minute um that center the center part of the hatch i've never seen that on the hatch i've I've always seen it as being a flat thing uh, there's a you can see a hatch like that in the kansas cosmosphere there's a place where you can see both sides of a connecting uh command module and lunar module but i never i, I don't know what that middle part of the hatch is it just uh, unless that's some kind of a pressure equalizer um but it oh, just yeah. it doesn't, I
1: does never, never thought about uh, that
0: and now I have to go like search the internet and find out if I if I've missed something all my life. Or I know that the hand pump there is to uh, equalize the pressure in the on the other side of the tube. It's like a little, it's basically like a little bicycle pump that you can you can pressurize or reduce the pressure in between the chambers that were the, the connection there. Now I th- when we talked to uh, when we talked to Freda last time, I think he and now I'm not sure if he mentioned it on air or not. But they were they couldn't get the the hatch to close immediately because it was there, there was so much torquing going on. The latches wouldn't fit, so that was a that was a big concern. In case they lost the limb, they were gonna just you know pop like a cork there. So uh, really scary, difficult time. One thing we haven't talked about because we've been you know in, in our intervening days, this uh, this is the first time that uh, that Chris and I are talking after having seen uh, First Men, and uh, I have I, I don't want to compare the two. We're not doing First Men <laughs> Minute here, but uh, I do believe the the lighting in apollo in apollo 13 was not this bright just as i believe the lighting in apollo 11 was not that uh dark so it's so i think reality lands somewhere in the middle uh, of all these of all these things but this is a little bit bright for a uh, for a command module, I would love to see, and I, I know they can't—they they really can't do it because on museum pieces you don't want to use the existing relics or, or run power through them. But I really would love to see a powered-up uh, command module and see what the actual lighting conditions are in uh, uh, inside of a command module.
1: Yeah, that would be uh, that would be pretty cool. I I think you're right. I think it's somewhere in between. Um, I, I don't know if we can say it without giving away a spoiler about the movie, I guess we can a little bit. Well, not, he did land on the moon. that's not, not that. a spoiler, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, the other thing I thought was is that the set in Apollo 13 was a bit more correct, if you will, because it wasn't dirty inside.
0: Yeah, although, you know, if if you look at... um. If you look at a lot of the lunar modules they were well used because they had been running simulations in the very equipment that they would take to the moon so oh, okay. um, they weren't they weren't exactly pristine if you look in um and actually on, the national Air Space museum has a great website where you can go look at 360 views of uh lem2 and even though lem2 was never used the interior of lem2 it was never used it was used a lot for simulations and uh even though it's you know it's time has gone by and it's gotten a little grimier. Uh, there, there was a lot of grime on it originally because so many, so many thumbs had been on those toggle switches. Okay. So, uh, it, it. but I don't, th- yeah, I really don't think it went, you know, looking like a, uh, you know, dust boot. It did. not Yeah. Really there
1: was, <laughs> the weathering was a bit much. I thought. On yeah. Some of, yeah. You
0: know, yeah. A little, a right. little heavy on the flow quill there. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we're old, um, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> but yeah, it's a, uh, it, it, it it will fall fall in between and i think once when we the next time we have an astronaut on i think we need to talk about the the set reality of uh of apollo 13 but we'll we'll get to that uh, this is I, I love the editing it's very like as the adventure picks up there's so many flash pans of uh of camera motion the it's a very uh very wide aperture so you get a lot of blur um there's a there's a couple of great scene where um uh, where Jim Jim level is looking at the at the panels, and all you're seeing is just blur. Followed by I'm looking at the lights, um, and then uh, blur, and they go back to uh, F- uh, Fredo, and then blur, and back to Jack trying to screw things together. Yeah, you know, and and they use just from a cinematic uh, viewpoint. The at NASA it's more of a, a left right. They don't go up and down, but they go left right when they're looking at people. But in Apollo you're looking at it from a bunch of different angles and the camera's constantly shaking because we're we're getting that rocking and rolling from the uh, the explosive venting that's happening right behind them in the service module. I, I enjoy that I enjoy that part of this minute. <laughs> it's uh it's it, it makes it exciting. I mean <laughs> and it really i think it sells it sells it to audiences who may not know what's going on it's like wow this really looks like they're in trouble i mean this looks like something out of uh you know an erwin allen show it looks like voyage to the bottom of the sea where everything's blinking and flashing and <laughs> you know they're all yeah there's there's all kinds of alarms going off and things
1: you're just reminding me of the uh the scene with william shatner in airplane too with you know everybody's got their lights and flashing uh, and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> flashing and buzzing yeah.
0: have we figured out what this does yet no? <laughs> Ah, and, uh, and then we, we cut back toward the end of the minute, we're cutting back to that beautiful digital domain work, uh, where we see the moon and it, it, it zooms out from the moon. You're seeing all the pieces of, of, uh, my, uh, mylar and beta cloth flying all over the place. And, and the, uh, The service module uh thrusting frantically while it's you know it's dying and trying to do its job it's only like five seconds and there's not it it's hard you know with the camera or the virtual camera rotating around it's kind of hard to make out what's going on but it really it, it gives you the idea of the whole frantic nature of what was happening at the time cutting back to the camera which is basically spinning in space with the astronauts very very enjoyable minute, this is one of those ones that yeah this is this is why you go to this movie,
1: oh yeah, this is uh, I mean, this is what it's about. this is setting yeah. off uh the you know the whole uh premise of the movie really outside of the launching and stuff like that. this is, yeah, this, this is, is why they made the movie, <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly, this is you know they would they didn't go right to Apollo fourteen it's, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> we, we're gonna do this one because it's so, and it you know i mean it, it's 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 kind of uh, exciting yet sad, it's like this is what it took to make a movie about. Uh, I know. Uh, uh, is there enough drama know.
1: in this one for you?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just generally a gorgeous. This is uh, Ron Howard at the peak of being a great director. They're not explaining gimbal lock, but they're showing you how perilously close they're getting to gimbal lock there with the uh, with, with the artificial horizon bumping around in there. Have you have you ever had a, a problem with a plane where you've where your artificial horizon was was almost caged or? or uh,
1: we, we had a problem once uh, with an airplane I was flying. I think it was a vacuum pump failure, because um, they were powered by vacuum.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, that is not anywhere near as serious as flying in space with a, <laughs> you know, with a tumbled gimbal. Uh, uh, you know, here it was. I was a V. I'm a VFR uh, pilot, so I mean, I can only fly in visual flight rules, and um. You know, so it was like, oh, the gimbal's not, you know, this, the, yeah, vacuum's oh, well. failed. Well, I guess we'll just go back and land. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so not, uh, not anything quite the, anywhere yeah. near yeah. like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: You don't, you don't have to guess which way is down. It's like, oh, over there by the trees. Yeah. Okay. That... <laughs> yeah. Ah. Uh, um, but yeah, very, very exciting and just a whole bunch of great props. I mean, somebody's, somebody's working those props and making them, you know, making it look like it does. Uh, I, I, I just, I love this. You know, you want to you want to go in your basement and just build yourself a command module so you can just rock it around. <laughs> I <laughs> would do that. Yes. Yes, of course, of course. I have yeah.
1: a friend who actually has done that. So. <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> you know, you send you send in for that for that Gemini capsule that'll come to your house and well.
1: <laughs> he actually, uh, a friend of mine, built full scale Mercury and Gemini. Wow, uh, capsules. <laughs> so wow,
0: is, um, he, he's not. Is he in? Uh, is he in Massachusetts by any chance?
1: Uh, no, he's here in Wisconsin. Oh, okay.
0: Because yeah. um, there was a fellow when I was living in Massachusetts, there was a fellow that had a Mercury capsule that I think he built, and he had been. He was trying to sell it, and I, I don't know whatever oh, happened. Oh, if he oh, sold it at auction or what, but
1: no, my friend Matt uh, has built himself. He's saying Apollo is next. Wow, and uh, and he's gracious where he lets kids uh, get in it and. You learn about the missions and
0: oh, uh, fantastic!
1: Yeah, it's it's really cool. He also has a Back to the Future DeLorean, so he, ah. he's just a pretty interesting guy.
0: <laughs> wow! If he can get his wife to agree to a redstone, then that's it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, um, I was uh, I was very fortunate to uh, be down at the Kennedy Space Center when they were rebuilding the um, uh, the Gemini that had what had happened. Um, and I can't remember the name of the hurricane that had come through. But, uh, one of the hurricanes had finally come in and, and did in their first, uh, the first, uh, tight, uh, Gemini Titan that they had there, which was actually a horribly mistake. It was actually two first state Titan first stages that they had strapped on top of each other and painted around the outside of it to make it look like it was the second stage of the Titan too. Oh, wow. And, uh, so the hurricane came in and just wrecked it. it come right down to the, you know, it's, it was gone. They <laughs> just hauled it off. Um, but they were re-ins- they installed a new one that was um that was a renovated one and uh it was just stunning watching them uh set it up on a crane and uh the the level of real re- reality that this one was compared with the previous one i mean the previous one it was uh just kind of a a frustrum shaped thing on the top that looked like a like a gemini capsule but this one had the had the louvers and the you know like the the Iconel uh, the uh, Iconel I, I uh, facing on it wow. the, f- the fascia and uh, just watching them set that th- you know s- s- they were setting it down with a crane and it was like wow this is just like being at pad 19 so I can I appreciate great renovators oh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you you must see a lot of people coming in with renovations at the museum all the time oh yeah
1: it's, it's um, yeah I never get tired of seeing it and it's funny to see like what stands out for certain people you know um, certain things stand out over others for other people. You know, I look at something and I see one thing, and other people look and see another. It's it's always pretty interesting to see what details they kind of pick out about something.
0: Yeah, it's I, I mean I I enjoy Saturn boosters, and whenever I go to Huntsville, it's it's a great you know it's great seeing a Saturn V, but the Saturn V's uh, S four B that they have on it. Is the one for a Saturn One B, so it's too short, and the uh, the engine mounts are wrong, and it, <laughs> it drives me crazy. See It's like why can't they get it? You know, and it's like well, this is the one that they had, so this is what they're going to put up. It, <laughs> it's like if only uh, Werner had found them an S four B that was lying around that they could plug in. But you know, it's okay. It, it's still it, it it's still you know it's taken apart, and you can look at it and say that's that's fantastic. And then you can go to Kennedy and see what 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 the real one looked like. So there's always another place you can go uh for for calm and and completion for <laughs> ocd types um but this is anyway a great, a great minute in the middle of mayhem and uh more mayhem to come when they uh, you know bad, bad thing as the bad things start making themselves known I, you know right now they're they're still trying to figure out what what's happening and what you know what, they, they don't know at all right at this moment but uh things are going to be coming more a lot more clear as the uh, as the week goes on But uh, we'll we'll come back and talk about that a little bit uh, more tomorrow. So uh, if you would like to catch up with us and and say how you've been doing in our interim, uh, please uh, check us out on social media. We're always available on Twitter at Apollo 13 Minute. You can find us on Facebook at the Apollo 13 Minutes uh, Mission Control. If you'd like to listen to previous episodes, and there are a lot of them, go uh, to Apollo 13 Minute, and you can look up all the previous episodes. You can also find us on iTunes and Google Play. And uh, subscribe there if you go to iTunes or Google Play, and you can uh, get us delivered hot and fresh every day. Uh, but we will return uh, tomorrow and talk some more about the the mayhem that is ensuing. Uh, looks like we're coming up on Wilson Signal in about 30 seconds, so we will see you here next time on the Apollo 13 Minute.